0: 1 verses 7 through 10 tonight, Jonah 1, 7 through 10, and we'll read that. It says, uh, come on, sailors said to each other, let's cast lots, then we'll know who is to blame for this trouble we're in. So they cast lots, and the lot singled out Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business, and where are you from? What is your country, and what people are you from? He answered them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this you've done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence, because he had told them. Bring my phone, please, sir, so I can keep this. It's right over here. So I can keep the page from blowing away. So we we start with, come on. Sailors said to to uh, everybody on there, "Look, let's uh, let's come on. The, the, see that the the pagans are still taking the initiative here. This is what you need to see. That Jonah he's going to speak for the first time here in 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 a couple of minutes. You know, a, a, a few verses down, Jonah is not at all doing what the prophet, the man of God, should have been doing. The pagans are having." Uh, to, to take the initiative initiative here and we see that there's apparently no result of their little prayer meeting. Remember they were praying, uh, you know, come on, pray to your God, maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll calm down, the storm will calm down. Well nothing's happening. Uh, they, they've uh, prayed, uh, we assume, and no, uh, no end in sight to the storm. We, and what we don't have here is any indication that Jonah was taking part in the prayer meeting. Think about that, folks. Pagans are calling a prayer meeting to figure out the storm or, you know, to take care of the storm, and the man of God is not praying. Well, of course, we have a good idea of why he wasn't. He knew what the storm was there for. Jonah is not at all in the dark on this. He's just not volunteered in the information at this point. Um, so, Jonah shows up. He's off. I, would, I, I kind of envision him. The guys are standing around. The sailors are standing around, and Jonah, I think, is all just kind of back to the side, you know, hands behind his back, just, you know, hoping. I don't know what he's hoping. Can he can he actually think that God's not going to find him out? So the sailors, they uh, they say to each other, "Let's cast lots." We see that in verse seven as well. Let's cast lots. I think we may be having trouble with the computer. Uh, it's been throwing up some messages today, so it, that, that may be why we're hung up up there. Uh, Let's cast lots, they said. Now, I, I love this, not, not because I, I love gambling, um, but I just it, it is interesting in our day and time, we don't cast lots anymore. That's not how we decide things. Yet it was very common in the Old Testament... Uh, numerous times we see that they were casting lots to figure out God's will in something. And the way it looked was they had two flat stones, and one would be, and they would be painted on one side. So they'd be dark on one side, light on the other. You cast them down, you, you cast them, and, uh, both dark sides up, the answer was no. Both light sides up, the answer was yes. And if you got uh, one each, it was try again. All I could think of when I was going through this was the magic eight ball. You don't know, need more information. You know, or, or, or so if you're a child of the '80s, you should remember that. And if you're a, grand, a '60s, it goes that back that far. You just gave some dates away there, Marshall. You might not want to get it, give away. But yeah, it, it, that's that's what I think of. Uh, not enough information. Please try again. Well, that's that's what this was. If you got two colors, and it was like I said, it was fairly common. We see it numerous times in the Old Testament. God's people seeking God's will uh, and answers uh, that uh, that they decided could only be shown. There we go uh, by casting lots. So it came up two dark sides for everybody at Jonah. And and can you see these guys? The the ships. Roiling and, and rocking and all this stuff. And these guys are playing dice. That's exactly right. That's what I'm thinking of. They're playing dice. And they'll, you know, they'll say, uh, is it, uh, John? Nope. You know, is it, is it Michael? Nope. Uh, you know, is it, uh, Ralph? Mm, Try again. Mm, Try again. Come on. Try, you know, and, and no, no, no. Is it Jonah? Yes. I get a little nervous just thinking about that. I can't imagine what happened to Jonah's heart when, even he though he knew, even though I'm confident he knew the storm was for him, when that lot fell to him or those lots fell to him, what in the world went through this man of God's mind who knew he was running from God and God was, as we talked about last week, hurling, casting this storm directly at Jonah to get his attention. Well, clearly the sailors understood what was going on. All right. They cast their lots, verse 8. And the lot singled out Jonah. Uh, Verse, uh, no, I'm sorry, now I'm in verse 8. Then they said to him, Tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? And I can almost, I envision this coming not from one guy the whole time, but from all of them at, 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 you know, all at once, kind of, as they're looking to him and trying to get answers from Jonah. They are peppering him with questions from every angle. And again, in my mind, if it were me, I think I would be trying to answer each one of those guys, each each one of those uh, questions. These guys are, are seeking corroboration with the lots that they have just cast. Okay, the the lots say Jonah, but let's you know, we're, we're, we're not going to jump to anything here. We want to co- corroborate corroborate the evidence we've just seen, so we're asking them these questions. I'm thinking they, you know, any number of things. They don't want to further anger the gods by picking the wrong person. God's God whoever it might be in their mind they don't want to incur further wrath by throwing the the wrong guy over if if that's what the plan is. And at this point we don't even know what the plan is. It's actually Jonah's idea we're going to see later on that, that they throw him over. But they're just trying to figure out the problem. What is the deal here? But just to be sure The lot say it's you, Jonah. We got some questions for you. And and I I stop here and I wonder, again, did Jonah really think he wouldn't be found out? I mean, the Bible says your sins will find you out. The the, the Bible is clear that when, as C.S. Lewis called him, the hound of heaven, gets on your trail, he doesn't, it, it doesn't, he doesn't back down. He 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 isn't deterred by our uh, weaving and 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 winding, trying to to avoid him. Uh, my grandfather raised beagles, uh, rabbit dogs. They were good rabbit dogs. Um, raised them all uh, most of my life as as far back as I can remember. And then I, I remember when he got too old to to fool with them anymore. Beagles, they when they're on the trail of a rabbit, and that, like I said, that's what we ran them on. They they don't like to give up. They they get upset if the rabbit goes in a hole, and and that happens sometimes. And and they'll stand around the hole and and bark and bay and 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 will you know, whine and and you've got to drag them off, and you pretty much at that point you have to go jump another rabbit to get them on another trail because they are determined to to be after what they're after uh, my my other grandfather had a, uh, a Labrador that was an incredible squirrel dog uh, he knew, knew squirrels were in the tree long before we did and and there were just times when we were we were hunting and and judge would he would he'd bark up the tree and look and he knew that squirrel was there and we just could not find it maybe it was in a nest maybe there was a hole we don't know but there was there was nothing for us to do. And, you know, we'd pull vines and shake limbs and all that stuff you're supposed to do to get the squirrel to flush. And it just wouldn't work. And Judge would get his most upset when we would walk away from that tree. And I, I, I almost felt like that, that Judge was like, you don't believe me, do you? It, it's not me. I, I, I Really, you, you don't think there's a... I, 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 he was almost offended, I thought. But he was that set on the squirrel. Now, take that... Those two examples, and, and multiply it a few times. The hound of heaven does not give up when he is baying our trail. When we have been called to a purpose, he does not leave us to just, well, whatever. We run in a hole. The air conditioner is blowing so hard, that's, the, that's what y'all hear on the microphone. The, the air conditioner vent hitting the, the mic right here. Every time I turn my head. Into it, I see y'all kind of looking. That's what it is. It's interesting. Um, oh, it's, I'm I'm fine, it, 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 but it might might be better. So, so I, I tell you all those things. Did do you, did Jonah really think that God was gonna get lost on the trail? Oh man, he went in the Mediterranean. I can't find him now. You know, it, gosh, what, don't we don't we do that sometimes? He's standing there. The lots have come to him. The guys ask them all these questions. And in verse 9, Jonah speaks for the first time. And like I said, I, w- I would have been you know, trying to... Oh, wait. Now, hold on. Who asked the first question? Okay, yeah. Let me answer yours. Wait. and, and Okay, and this one. Jonah doesn't even bother. Uh, he he doesn't bother trying to, to answer all the questions. Verses um, 9 and 10 are the middle of... The first chapter. They are the hinge of the first chapter. Uh, at a, I've used this example before and it's a lot easier if I show a picture of it and I don't have one. But in uh, the Bible, numerous times there's a, a, a literary device called a chiasm. I'll explain that to you someday. It's, huh? You know what I'm talking about. Nobody else does because I've never mentioned it here before. That's why I mentioned you. Uh, it, chi is the, the Greek letter X. And a chiasm is half an X. And what it does is the Old Testament, or the New Testament does it too. The Bible will mention some points. A, B, C, D, E, F. And F will be the, the hinge, the, the focus of that passage. And then it backs it out. F, E, D, I can't ever do this, E. There we go, F-E-D-C-B-A. And it repeats what it has done. And those, those, those passages parallel each other. And what it does is it focuses you on that middle passage. Verse 9 and 10 are the middle of this angle. This, this, uh, uh, th- yeah, this angle that, that comes to a point, comes to a head, right there at verse 9. Jonah speaking for the first time. Don't count your verses. It doesn't work numerically because the verse numbers weren't there when the authors wrote the Bible. That hinge is here. Most important part of this chapter is right here. And Jonah doesn't... He chooses not to answer all of the questions. He doesn't answer what his business is and all that. Instead, he gives the important answers. The first answer he gives answers a specific question. The second answer... Is, is the answer to a question that wasn't asked but was the answer to a question that he knew should have been asked or at the very least it was an answer that needs to be given. He says, uh, I'm a Hebrew, I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. It's interesting to me, and I didn't find any other commentators that said this this week, But it's interesting to me that the I, I am, I'm a Hebrew, is in the emphatic position. Remember, I've talked about that before. Both Greek and Hebrew can play with word order. And you can put words in in the emphatic position. And the first word of the sentence or the last word of the sentence often carries the most meaning. And Jonah chooses to put himself first. He could have said... Israel is my home, Yahweh is the God I worship. But instead he said, I'm a Hebrew, I worship Yahweh. The emphasis being on himself. Now it is in the emphatic position, what I didn't find was anybody else saying that that was important, but I think it is. I think given Hebrew, it's it, it's something that tells us something about Jonah when he says me first. I'm yeah, it, it I, I I worship God. I'm a Hebrew. And we see, I think, some of his uh, well, his self centeredness, this this all about me thing theme that we're covering as we move through Jonah. He says he's a Hebrew, so he's telling them where he, the where he's from. And he says, I worship or fear Yahweh. Really? You do, Jonah? Because that's that's the word. I, I, when he says I worship, the, the word there is actually uh, fear. Um, it can be translated fear, and that's probably a better translation. Do you, Jonah? Here you are in the middle of the Mediterranean running from the very calling that God has given you, not just this time, but you're running from The calling on your life. If you remember, we talked about the fact that he probably sold everything he owned to either buy the boat or rent the whole thing and tell them where to go. He's not just running from the call to Nineveh. He is running from, best we can tell, his call as a prophet. And yet he has the audacity to introduce himself. I'm from Hebrew and I worship Yahweh. Doesn't look much like it. But he does have a purpose here. He is introducing these men to the one who's in charge of what's going on. Because he, he goes on to say, not only do I worship Yahweh, but he tells them who Yahweh is. The God of the heavens who made the sea and dry land. That phrase, God of the heavens, is probably, if if we're right about who these sailors were, is probably the, the phrase they used for their God. But what differentiates Yahweh from their God is not just that he is the God of the heavens, because they go, oh yeah, I know him. But he's the God of the heavens who created the sea and the dry land. Well, that's a different story, Jonah. That's what they're thinking. We've got the whole God of the heavens. But when you're talking about the one who made everything, they just pinpointed the cause of the storm. And it's no, it's no uh, coincidence that Jonah put it that way. Jonah was letting them know in those answers who was causing the problem. I worship Yahweh. Yahweh runs the sea. Two plus two. And the sailors came up with four. So he was very, very clear to them, though it might seem a little cryptic to us, in answering the question that they were asking. And verse 10, it tells us, and this this is the one of the, the, the great ways that, that he, the Hebrew language expresses things. Uh, my version says, Then the men were even more afraid. Maybe, maybe yours says there was a great terror or something like that. Hebrew, the, the actual Hebrew language says they feared a fear. Uh, you know, the, the inside of the temple where and the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was was called the what? Holy of Holies. What Hebrew does is it repeats something. They didn't have the word most or they didn't have the uh, suffix EST. So they wouldn't call it the holiest place or the most holy place. It was the Holy of Holies to tell you how holy that place was. So these men, they weren't just scared. They, were, they feared a fear. They were terrified. When Jonah explains to them who the God he serves is, and then tells them that he's the one that, that, that can do this, they are terrified by that news. And they ask him, what have you done? Now we could we could take that question to mean well what did you do to to anger your your God Yahweh but that that's not the uh, that that doesn't seem to be the meaning it's it, probably better to say how could you because we find that, find out that uh, you know the next phrase the men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he has told them the pagans response to Jonah telling them. I'm running from God is, how could you? How could you run from the very call that that you know you were supposed to live up to? How could you run from the very God that you had sworn you would serve no matter what? The pagans got it. See, see the theme here? The, 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 the boat gets it, and the ocean gets it, and the wind gets it, and the fish will get it later on, and everybody gets it. The pagans get it except Jonah. Jonah, how could you run from God when he gave you an explicit command and a call? Third time we see the phrase used, fleeing from the Lord's presence. They don't repeat things in the Old Testament um, just because. One more time, the author wants us to see that Jonah's idea was to get away from God. R- regardless of how futile that, that idea clearly is to us today, and was even futile to to the uh, the, the pagan sailors. Jonah, how could you? They just did not understand the thought process. And, I, and I've i said this, I think, every week. I, I wish I wish I could say I don't understand the thought process, but I think we understand the thought process a lot more than we would be willing to confess most days. Because I think we do try to, to run from God. So my, my follow-up questions for the end of this is, one, do you claim to worship God but thwart Him when it suits you? what Jonah did, right? I worship God. I fear God, he says. Then Jonah, what are you doing on the boat in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea? Well, I just don't want to do what he tells me to. I don't like his plan here. I don't like the vision for the church. I mean, I don't like the vision for uh, the prophets that you have given. So therefore, I'm going to do what I can to thwart that vision. And for Jonah, that meant getting on a boat. For other people, maybe that means stirring up trouble or talking about things. Next question, do you claim to fear God, but if it's not what you want to do, if it's not what you want, you'll do whatever you can to stop or avoid his plan? Again, that's what Jonah made. This is kind of a, a rephrasing of the first question, but I don't think so. I think the first question is asking you, are you going to do something to try to mess up God's plan, thwart it, The second question is asking you, are you just going to walk away and and wash your hands and say, I'm just not going to be a part of that. I don't care if it is God's plan. I think we see Jonah doing a a, a little bit of both. He could have stayed in Israel and not gone to Nineveh. That would have been doing whatever he can to avoid the plan. But now he's trying to thwart it. He doesn't want to be anywhere near Nineveh because you know what? If, If he stays around... God might figure out a way to get him to Nineveh, and then those people might repent. Then then God's grace. Remember, we talked about first, uh, second Sunday, we went through this, that Jonah doesn't like the plan. He doesn't like the vision of God going to these people who are the undesirables in the area. He doesn't like the vision for the changes God is bringing to his covenant. Because remember, again, we've talked about it on Sunday morning, God is is uh, expanding the covenant as he goes. He's explaining more parts of the covenant that they maybe didn't understand before that. Jonah doesn't like this new plan of the covenant. That's not the way they've always done it. That's not the way that suits them. That's not the way they're comfortable with Jonah, I mean. And then my third question is for us tonight to apply... When the ship when the ship is sinking, are you the problem? And that's a question we have to ask ourselves. When the ship is sinking, am I the problem? Am I the one that's causing the issue? It. it, it Jonah's was was blatant. I mean, he he knew without a doubt when the storm came, it was his fault. It, well, I mean, he was asleep because don't we get pretty comfortable sometimes thwarting God? And 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 if you say no, I hope you don't get struck down for lightning. Uh, get struck down by lightning for lying. And if you say yes, I hope you're not so proud of it too that you get struck down. But we do. We get so comfortable thwarting God sometimes, and so it's just become second nature. Say you know what. God, your vision is this. I don't like that vision, so whatever's necessary to, to stop that, that's what I'm going to do. And then you should sink the ship. So the questions are serious questions. The question is, is, a, is a self-examination. Remember, Jonah and the All About Me Church, this is, this is, this is the, the tough application now. We're getting into the hard parts. What part am I playing in the revival that God wants to bring? See, God wanted to bring revival to Nineveh, to the undesirables. He wanted to change the way he had done things. And Jonah says, nope, I don't want to see revival like that. If revival means changing, if revival means going to these people, talking to these people, Seeing these people actually repent, I don't want any part of what you're doing, God. Thanks. Is that the side we're on? Or are we... a ship? A wave? A wind? Are we willing to be whatever God calls us to be, to be used however we're supposed to be used, To see God's plan come to fruition. To see God's vision happen. See, everybody else, again, is doing their part. And Jonah's up there saying, I don't like that idea, so I'm going to stop it. What are we doing? Church, are we interested in reaching the lost? Are we interested in seeing people come to know Jesus? Or are we going to be an all-about-me church? come heck or high water, we're not going to do that. Is that us? Let's not make it be us. This is not a ship that we want to see sink. We need to stand up and say, I will be counted among the faithful. The ones that say, God, here I am, just like Isaiah said, here I am, send me. One more analogy. Take your check. I don't mean your literal check. I'm not asking you to do this, you know, for the church. But in your mind, you write on that check, pay to the order of God. Over here on the signature line, you sign your name. But leave that number blank. And say, God, however you want to spend me, spend me. However you want to use me, use me. But my answer is yes. Are you calling God? Yes, I'll go. Are you leading God? Yes, I'll follow. Are you changing God? Yes, I will will change. God, are 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 you telling? Yes, I will listen. My answer is yes, God. Jonah's answer was no. And he was the reason for the sinking ship. Let's pray that we are not the reason reason for the sinking ship. That instead, when God calls, we go. Instead, when God has a vision, we love that vision. And we say, God, however you want to reach the lost in my community, Lord, use me. That's our prayer. We're going to have a time of uh, invitation, a time of response. Donald's going to come and lead us. I just want you to pray as we sing, and you can come up here. I'll pray with you. I'll be right here at the front. But tonight's little self-examination: Are you the cause of the sinking ship? And maybe, maybe it's not just you that's 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 making it happen. But remember, Jonah wasn't at the prayer meeting. Jonah really wasn't involved in the casting the lots. He, we we get this impression he's just kind of standing off not being a part of what God was doing even right there on the sinking boat. Where do where do you need to be? What do you need to do? We're just sing, pray whatever you need to do. Let's do a little business with God for the next couple of minutes. Let's stand and let's sing.